This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's not a matter of discussing whether depression's real or not. That's a matter of me accepting that my mental model for going through life is more, com- is more effective if I don't believe I can become a depressed person. Yeah. I don't believe in depression, so I can't be depressed, so that allows me to be more effective. It's not a matter of sitting there going, well, maybe it's true, maybe it isn't. I don't believe in it, so See, I can't catch it. You, why else would you adopt any kind of mindset unless it's designed specifically to make you competitive and make you win? You install the software in your mind, right? So if I'm gonna install software in my mind- well, I've tried very hard to create it. We're all programmed to some degree. I agree with you on this so far. I don't think anybody can escape programming, whether it's society, whether it's a television show, whether it's the people around you, peer pressure, whether it's a religion. We're all programmed to some degree. That's absolutely not really true. What I have done, and what I think most people do not do, is heavily analyze why I hold the beliefs I hold, why, I, why they help me. If I don't hold the belief personally, or if I didn't learn it from personal experience, I know where it came from, who tried to teach me that, whether their intentions for me were good or bad. And I've tried very hard to have my mindset rigidly analyzed and make sure that it's put together in a way which benefits me completely and absolutely. And I do not believe in things that take away power from me. I I refuse to do that. I would rather say that they are not real. And people will sit here and argue to the end of time that they are real, but they're not real in my world and I live inside of my mind. So even if you throw me in a Romanian dungeon, the idea that I become a depressed person is not a framework that my mind works within. So I can't become depressed. I can feel a little bit sad. Sure, I can feel depressed, but I can't be depressed. They're very different things. So that's just the mindset I've installed and it's allowed me to be competitive. And I believe personally, my personal beliefs are that life as a man is hyper competitive and whatever software you have in your mind should be designed to make you as competitive as possible. And you shouldn't be believing in absolutely anything else. So I've, I've tried very hard to make sure all of my worldviews and all of my experiences and everything is created and aimed in a, a direction 
which is going to allow me to be a fiercer competitor in all realms of human endeavor. Because I'm on the border of Ukraine, I will say that it's also a fantastic metaphor for life. I don't think war ever ends. It just changes. It just moves. And if you're a man and you're going through something in your life, you think, ah, everything will be fine once this is over. You'll learn that the war has ended in one place and it started again somewhere else. And that war never ends and we're in a constant state of war. I, I sit around with my brother and we talk about, man, when this is over and we finally beat this case, we're going to be so happy. But I think there'll be a new war. I think there'll be a new case or a new problem or a new difficulty or a new struggle or new pain. This is never going to end. So war never ends. It just shifts and just moves. Uh, as Afghanistan ended, somewhere had to be chosen. And it's not necessarily about what's right or what's wrong or what's just. It's just about the fact that it's a very unfortunate reality of this world that sometimes people just die and they don't even really know why. Oh, completely. And I think my father sacrificed his marriage for us boys. Mm -hmm. He sacrificed his marriage and his relationship with my mother to ensure that us boys were taught the way he believed we should be raised. Mm -hmm. My mom was very unhappy with certain things he did, which he insisted on doing anyway because he saw his legacy in us as more important than his marriage with my mother. But I'm, I'm not saying, look, if my son calls me and says, I'm really upset, I need to talk to you, I'm not gonna say, no, you can't talk to me. I'm not, I'm not psycho, right? I understand all of these things. I'm just saying, in, in, obviously we're talking about a very general scenario. The general scenario is, I'm a man, I'm away at war, I come home with a story, or if I'm spending time with my son, I want us to be building to him as an individual. I believe that the mother, does a lot of the day-to-day -day keeping the child alive, changing diapers, feeding them, etc. And the man is the one who instills a lot of the mindset. And the man is the one who grows them in, in very important ways. And I think to do that, I need to be a man of genuine capability. And I would argue that the two hours a month or two hours a week or whatever I spent with my father, him being the man he was, was worth more than the 200 hours a month that most men spend with their fathers. That's why I am the man I am. Absolutely, absolutely. When enough men get in a room and get pissed off, we'll charge at machine guns. It's amazing what you can do to the male psyche. When you have men around you who are brave, we can literally go over the top of the trench. It's incredible what can happen. So that's the biggest source of strength for me and my brother. We'll walk in the same room, give each other a nod, don't even say a word, and we're instantly ready to die because we've always been that way. And I only like hanging around with men who think that way. And that's why another reason, if you want to apply it to society, one of the reasons they attack masculine friendships so heavily and try and make out like men shouldn't be friends and being friends with men is gay and all this garbage. They try and destroy it because they want men lonely. Because as a lonely man, you're much easier to kill. I see men who spend every day with their woman. That's fantastic. That's fine. That's how he elicits her love. That's how he, I am. I'm a, okay. That's how my brain works. I see men who spend every day with a woman, which is fantastic. He wants to, she wants to, that's great, they're happy. She feels loved and she feels respected and she's glad she has all of his time. When you reach a certain quality of man, a certain level of man in terms of competence, a certain echelon, I don't have to spend all day with you. I can see a woman one hour a month and she'll be with me because I'm me. Because the quality of who I am and the quality of my time outweighs the quantity which can be offered by a lesser being. So you can put this in nearly any dynamic. You can put it in a romantic relationship and also in a, in, in a family dy yeah. dynamic. Once you reach a certain level of competence, once you're at the highest echelons of human achievement, your time is by extension more valuable and it extrapolates out. An hour with the president is worth more than 100 hours with a guy at McDonald's. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah. So I think my father raised me by not being there. Absolutely. And misery loves company, so they try to drag us down to their level. 
And it's amazing where if you get nine brave men in a room and one coward, that coward will probably still do the brave thing. He doesn't want to be seen as the only coward in the room. Peer pressure is real in both directions, both up and down. A downward spiral is real because people adhere to groupthink, but so is an upwards tornado of truth and justice is also real if people adhere to groupthink. So that's why bravery is so important, and that's why masculine friendship is so important. I can't be a coward. My brother won't let me. He can't be a coward. I won't let him. And it's a ultimate, it's a feedback loop. I think a lot of those things come from love. I think it's very difficult to do nearly anything important if it's not perhaps to a degree driven by love or the desire for love. I think the reason a lot of men want to become rich is because they want to feel loved or feel important or to matter. I also feel like the reason that a lot of men do the things they do is, is for love either of themselves or of someone else. I think the reason men go to work is because they love their family. The reason you go to the gym is because you love yourself. I think that love is a very powerful driving force. I certainly feel love. My world is full of love. Like, I would argue I'm one of the most loved people on the planet. Like, if I check my phone, mm -hmm. it's just love. Yeah. It's endless emails of people I don't know who love me, endless females who do know me love me, endless pictures of children saying they miss me. Like, my, my, I'm a very loved person in yes. a very loved yes. world. I love a lot of people and that's what they want and most men this is the thing that's very important it's the final act of of destroying masculinity is that a lot of men don't longer have shame you have no shame left you should be too ashamed to be a coward you should be too ashamed to do the wrong thing where's your shame well we destroy that right we destroy that even in schools with men and stuff i'll tell you something my brother can shame me into doing something he can shame me, he can call me a pussy or a coward, and I'll set up and say, no, I'm not, and I'll do the brave thing. Shame works for men sometimes. I say to men all the time, men come to me and say, I can't get a girlfriend. I say, it's because you're a loser. You are a loser. Change that fact. Come to me and prove to me you're not a loser. I will shame him, and he will react to it, and his life will improve. But now we have men with no shame. They'll walk around with no shame at all, and then we wonder why we have a whole bunch of cowards. Cowardice is always the easy choice, but you should feel too much shame to take it. Too much shame.